acknowledge the First Nations people as the traditional custodians of the land and pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. This is the Diaspora Podcast and I am Akashika Mohula. Today in the middle of chaos... Families separated through COVID-19. Millions of people who have left this beautiful planet without much notice. All alone are health heroes from the COVID-19 wards to media rooms serving people non-stop. At the borders are commandos and the security forces working tirelessly to protect us. And today, in attempts to cut the noise of all sorts of negativity, spirituality to me is my go-to pillar. Great envy slot, pride and gluttony. These are not vices anymore. No, these are marketing tools. Lust is our way of life. Envy is just a nudge towards another sale. Even in our relationships, we consume each other, each of us looking for what we can get out of each other. Our appetites are often satisfied at the expense of those around us. In a dog-eat-dog world, we lose that part of our humanity. John Foreman said that once, and I absolutely resonate with it. The ongoing chaos of COVID-19 and the negativity and the world we live in, it is so important to have freedom of expression and such an honor to be able to use it. Everyone has the right of freedom, but the tendency of sedition, we cannot leave these seeds unattended, which will further grow and criminalize the whole society. We need to nip the criminal tendencies in our society from the very beginning. And it cannot be done through vengeance. It can only be done with more compassion. Let me share an example with you, you know. So for the young parents, if a little child has a little wrongdoing tendency, what would the parent do? Would they say, oh, well, the child's got the freedom of expression? No, I don't think so. Any civilized parent would actually put their foot down and say this is unacceptable. Such punitive action needs to be taken So that this child, the very unit, the very seed of our society, does not go off track. Because today we have the threat of terrorism from all around the world. It is not a situation where we all are peaceful and relaxed. We have the threat of the bio war. Perhaps we are also living in it. Forever we are watchful and alert. While dialogues are vital in conflict and peace, I do believe that action needs to be taken at the grassroots level and we cannot ignore such provocative things. It is a fact that spirituality shapes the society in the sense that it develops the self-esteem of every single unit, one person, and it also broadens one's awareness and vision. It gives a much-needed patience when things are going so bad around you. On the other side, the society is also seen by the behaviour of the people who belong to that society. Definitely that civilized behavior is a reflection of the spirituality of that society. Spirituality is something very personal, you know. We are all made up of matter and spirit. Like a body needs vitamins, carbs, protein. Our soul and spirit is made up of the values of compassion, ethics, love, broad understanding. Any educated, civilized person will care for their neighbor 
being a good neighbor in no way contradicts being a good parent. We all have myriad identities. First and foremost, we must know that we are a part of one light and one divinity. We are part of one divine being, the human race. Secondly, we belong to this beautiful country we call Australia. Then we have the gender identity, whether we are male or female. And then there is religion, this religion or that religion, this country or that country, you know, and this language or that language. All these identities are there. And that is where we need to prioritize because we must remember we are part of one light and one human race. This cannot be achieved if there are vested interests or political ambitions. And when this identity is sacrificed for smaller identities, the solutions will never be difficult to find. Mahatma Gandhi was less of a political person and was more spiritual. So if you have read about the India's freedom movement, it was mostly spiritual. People would spend their evenings together doing satsangs. And this is something I believe we have forgotten in the past 75 years, especially the Indian diaspora and the Indian nationals. We need to spiritualize politics and socialize business and end corruption. And this is only possible through spirituality. Spirituality is universal. Spirituality is infinite. Let's take a listen to Bhavik Kaparia, who is a lawyer admitted in the Supreme Court and an HR consultant, a member of the Gen Z generation, talking all about why it is so important to inculcate spirituality. It is an interesting perspective from Gen Z's Bhavik Kabaria, a new age diaspora who takes a deep dive into spirituality versus religion and also spirituality with religion and why it is so pertinent in today's times. Let's have a listen. Hello everyone, my name is Bhavik Kapadia and it is my absolute pleasure to be on the Diaspora podcast. By way of an introduction, I'm a, uh, a lawyer who is admitted to the Supreme Court in Queensland, Australia, but I do not practice law. So I work as a uh, senior HR consultant and that's one of the career choices I made after completing my legal qualifications. In addition, I'm also a keen, I have a keen interest in dispute resolution. So I have done uh, my mediation accreditation. So I am a dispute resolution practitioner. And of course, working in the human resources area, I also have a human resources degree. Naturally, my qualifications have uh, largely determine my professional interests. But uh, on a personal front, I have always been interested in spirituality and particularly how religion interacts with spirituality, which is what I hope to discuss today. And I'd like to start by, by expressing a view. And when I look at this topic, how I intend to understand it is I like to understand things in isolation because 
I feel when we understand things in isolation of one another, we understand them better together. Let's look at spirituality. So spirituality can perhaps be described as a system, a method or a path of understanding ourselves better. So it's not about looking at anything else. I don't see it for at least personally in my journey as something external. Because when I think about spirituality, I think of an inward journey. What can I do that helps me understand myself better. And in my experience of it, when I have come to understand myself better, I'm naturally in a better position to understand everything around me better. And that includes other people around me too. On the other hand, when I talk about religion or when I think about religion, I see religion as a construct. It's an organized system of shared values, beliefs, understanding, traditions, norms, which in some cases can be seen as binding on individuals. What I mean by that is let's say if I'm of a Hindu religion and as part of the Hindu religion, the 11th day of the lunar calendar or uh, is considered to be of uh, special significance. So on that day, perhaps there could be a scenario where there's certain practices to be done on that day. When I ask my parents or my grandparents why they do that, they'll be saying, oh, because my parents did it. So they're not doing it because they understand it to be something significant or even in some way special, but rather they're doing it as a matter of tradition or norm. And this is what I see as religious practice sometimes, where people do things not because they understand the meaning behind why they're doing it, but mainly because there is an organized system which dictates that such practices be done on such an occasion. Spirituality is very distinct to that. I don't think spirituality is something that has definitions as such or instructions as such. It is really an open field. And then it becomes interesting to look at the interrelation between these two. Before I go to the interrelation, I do want to touch on the fact that what I've said about religion and spirituality here is, of course, just my personal experiences of it. I'm sure that there are, you know, when, when we look at organized practices, both these topics are very subjective to individuals. And I both recognize and respect everyone's perspectives, um, individual perspectives on these matters. Now, coming to the interrelation, I don't necessarily think, in my uh, view of the world, that just because someone is spiritual, they have to be religious, or that just because they're religious, they have to be spiritual. I think both are quite distinct to one another. I have met people who are not religious at all, who I'd say are probably atheists, but they're in very spiritual and spiritual from a per from the perspective that they've really focused on personal growth and that journey inward when i look at that i think when i think about what does it mean to be spiritual i think about being boundless by being developmental in nature and by bringing, uh, considering ourselves to be broad and unlimiting to understand the scientific uh, reasons of how the body works. And I'm going to delve into some details to explain this later on. Whilst, you know, religion is something that's very organized, symbolic, um, it's got set traditions and it's customary. Um, and all of these things hold value. There is absolutely no doubt about it. Let's come to our modern generation though. And I am someone who is in my um, 20s. 
so I can perhaps speak for my generation. It's unfortunate that even I think that my generation can be inherently lazy. And I say that because when we come across uh, people of my generation who look at what does being spiritual mean, they lack the initiative to research things. Like, for example, we could come across something and make a very quick assessment that, oh, that's not scientific, that is not logical, it makes no sense, so therefore it isn't true. Now, one of the key things in that missing link I find is that uh, there can be an absence of intention to do the research to in fact definitively substantiate whether something makes sense or is logical or not. One specific example I'd like to talk about is about meditations. In my personal experience and practice, I take knowledge of meditations from a number of different sources. And one, I think all parts really lead to one awareness, which is the focus on the breath. I feel that it's a bit of a modern frenzy for people to go into, oh, okay, meditation, this is something that's cool, it's trendy, let's do it. Well, I think there's a lot of significance to it. From a religious perspective, if I can call it that, the Bhagavad Gita, which is a religious text of Hinduism, um, or if I was to be more specific and authentic, Sanatan Dharma, because in the Bhagavad Gita, when, uh, when we read it, does not prescribe a religion. It prescribes Sanatan Dharma. So Sanatan is that which is, which is timeless, and Dharma is right conduct. So what the text is actually prescribing is right conduct for all time. Is part of that, there is a um, mention of how meditation should be done. And it's clearly articulated as a very simple practice where observation should be drawn to the breath and areas including potentially the center, the tip of the nose, or the point between our eyebrows. And there is great logic and science to this. Now, when I meant that my generation, and if I can generalize some people, we tend to be a bit lazy sometimes. We don't go into the proper details of the practice. Now, this is what the Bhagavad Gita says. There is a text called the Shiva Swarode, um, which is supposed to be a conversation between Shiva and his wife, Parvati, about what secrets Shiva has. And this talks greatly about the dominance of the right and the left nostrils. So at any point, we breathe through only one nostril, and that would either be the right or the left. Both of these have very significant impacts in how um, we will be experiencing life at that point. So some activities can be easier under the dominance of the right and come more naturally to us, and some um, under the dominance of the left. But more importantly, um, research has shown that when the left nostril is, is dominant, the right hemisphere of the brain is active and vice versa. And what we know by brain research is that the brain um, operates in two different hemispheres, both the hemispheres responsible for different functions. Um, and um, more recent research has gone into looking at what happens when someone becomes paralyzed 
in um, a certain part of their body. So if they're paralyzed on the left side um, and the left side of the brain is um, impacted, then certain functions of the body are impacted. If the right side of the brain is impacted, different functions are impacted. This clearly indicates that the breath and its correlation with the with the hemisphere of the brain that is more predominant in brain activity at the time is a very strong correlation and one that yogic sciences thousands of years ago have prescribed um, in relation to how human beings can evolve in their own thought processes, in their own development as human beings in higher consciousness. Um, through methods of meditation and self-analysis. Now, what I'm going into, um, it's it wouldn't be a common occurrence for us to walk into a temple or um, or a uh, center of worship, um, irrespective of what religion it is, and gain this sort of knowledge, because such knowledge comes from experience and seeking of uh, research on what I'm actually looking for and also about uh, with a deep intention of personal growth. Um, So some of these things I have mentioned um, comes in very handy in our everyday life. Certainly for me, it has come in in very, very handy because in my day-to-day role, I am dealing with people and um, people can both be a um, pain and a pleasure to deal with. Um, you know, and uh, but what matters most importantly is whether um, I allow myself to be affected by that. And thankfully, because of my practices, I find that I am quite unaffected by challenging situations that unfold around me. Um, I have found that um, my practices have enabled me to keep a calm and composed um, presence. Um, which enables thoughts to be very calculated and um, articulated, even in the more um, testing of times. I think one particular aspect affecting all generations um, in this time is most certainly social media. And the way social media operates, it has a lot of positives, and I give it that. In fact, the if you are hearing this podcast right now, it is coming through a form of social media. So it is a absolute blessing to get information from one corner of the world to another. And um, I completely give it credit for that. But what it has also come with is the um, urge, if it is taken that way, and again, this is subjective, that um, people can be inclined to seek validation from each other. Um, you know, so you'd go on social media and you go, oh, okay, I want this or I want that. It increases materialism. It increases the need for validation. Now, when a human being's need for validation increases inherently, their strength of character, their confidence, and their ability to hold themselves as they are is often compromised. And this, I, in my view, is a very big price to pay. Um, and that's because we seek to conform ourselves to what we perceive as a better version of, um, of society or uh, an image that we look up to. Um, and that could really 
a decrease or compromise our own self-value. Now, if we're looking into spiritual practices, if someone is doing meditations and and increasing their own level of self-awareness, then um, these things can um, will not affect a person as as deeply, because. As I said before, spirituality is about knowing ourselves. When we know ourselves, we develop a level of understanding that is beyond a, um, a, a, beyond a superficial understanding. And um, we accept ourselves for truly who we are and we embody everything we stand for. That develops a great strength of character. Um, confidence. And in fact, I've written about these topics on my website, which is um, bhavikkapadia.com, spelled B-H-A-V-I-K-K-A-P-A-D-I-A.com. Uh, I have written on topics along the lines of um, confidence, contentment. And also, um, just when I was speaking of meditations, I've actually written an article um, and in the form of a blog about what I call is a state of a blank canvas. Because one big part about knowing ourselves is entering a state of mind that is thoughtless. Because a thoughtless state of mind allows for great creativity to come. When we seek to in uh, to grow ourselves, to actually um, embody characteristics that we haven't had before, that process goes through a stage of, um, because essentially we're about to, we're seeking to accomplish that which we don't know yet. And to enter a space which is not known uh, prior, we need to enter it from a greenfield state. So in other ways, um, uh, in other um, words, from a blank canvas. And, and really that allows every creativity we put into it to be, to unfold, to come to fruition. And um, so I have written about that and how the process of meditation can really help. Um, and of course, meditation is an internal route to that destination. There is also an external route. And if you're interested to read about it, I encourage that you visit my website, um, com, or also um, my Instagram account, which is bhavikkapadia one now, very well realized that I've just spoken about how social media can affect people and I've just advertised my accounts. But naturally, these are methods of uh, imparting information. And more recently, I have realized how important it is that those who are in a position to act, act for the benefit of all. And um, I have... Um, I've taken an interest in running workshops on pranayama and uh, breath work at music festivals um, that um, that invite people from an alternative um, lifestyle to basically uh, and and I think it, these are the sort of festivals that um, that people who are interested in these alternative uh, methods of life or learning meditation. Um, can uh, mostly attend. So essentially, I'm looking to share this knowledge um, with a view that people who then get it will share it with others. Um, and I, I see that as something that's very good because, you know, naturally it grows. Um, someone's ability to be able to productively deal with life situations. 
Now, if I was to think about coming back to how all of this kind of ties together, um, I feel that the crux of what um, I wanted to discuss today is to see spirituality as basically a method of personal growth. And that's what I have seen it as. And that has it has led to immense personal growth for me. But that is only and only because I have been curious. I have been inquisitive. And if I don't know something, then I have researched. I have asked people. Um, I have to mention here that spiritual mentors have played a massive role in um, in my own development. So if you are... Um, looking at exploring certain pathways, if you feel that you haven't really done so because you find things illogical or don't make sense, or organizations that you look to might seem like a cult, I would strongly say that people and organizations always come because there is uh, something to teach somewhere. So I myself have been a beneficiary of a number of uh, programs through a number of organizations. And I do not regret it at all because it has immensely aided my personal and professional growth. Um, so see these opportunities as methods and tools to learn something new, to grow to a new level of consciousness and to then be able to share that consciousness with others. Um, it is a beautiful thing to do and it has been my pleasure today to have been able to do that. So as a final message, um, I'd say that you, something I have done is I've always been curious, I've been inquisitive and I've really enjoyed um, exploring more of myself because spirituality is a journey within. It is not something we will seek externally, although externally we might seek methods of going internal, but the journey is inherently internal. So um, with those words, thank you so much for listening. And um, if you would like to find out more, if you have any questions, please connect with me on Instagram at uh, pavikkapadia1 or through my website at pavikkapadia.com. Thank you so much.